welcome to the Young Money Podcast with Ross Moran. In today's episode of the Young Money Podcast, I share with you an awesome interview that I had with a good friend of mine, Kayleen Langford. Kayleen is an entrepreneur, business coach, keynote speaker, and the founder and editor of Startup Creative which is a hub for any young entrepreneurs or anyone looking to start their own business that provides one-on-one business coaching, ebooks, events, print magazine, and also awesome resources on the Startup Creative Podcast. Kayleen has had such an interesting journey over the last three to five years from leaving her corporate job in youth services to starting Startup Creative and everything that comes with that in between. She spent three months living in New York and she shares in this interview what that experience was like and the benefits that come with running a location independent business. Some of the challenges that come with being in a relationship and having your own business and what she has planned for the future and for herself and also for Startup Creative. So I really hope you enjoy this episode and I'll share with you the links in the description below to any of the resources that Kayleen discusses in this interview. Really hope you enjoy the episode. I'm Kayleen, I'm 29 and I'm the founder of Startup Creative, which is an online platform and print magazine that showcases um, creative entrepreneurs yep. um, and then part of that is we help people start their own businesses as well. So As a business coach? Business coach, um, work, run workshops, events, online courses, yep. ebooks, resources, everything you need to start a business really. And what type of businesses, like any particular person, like young, old, creative, um, non-creative? Yeah, mainly creative at the moment. I mean, yep. we anyone who, like, the probably more the underlying thing is um, anyone that wants to do what they love. Yep. So whether that's, you know, be a financial planner or a candle maker or surfboard <laughs> shaper or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. Um, yeah, it's about following your passion, doing yep. what you love and designing the life of your dreams. So awesome. a lot of those people are creative. Yeah. And was that the, the goal at the start? Like, obviously, the name Startup Creative. Like, yeah. was that your kind of thought um, process? No, I actually started with young people. So, yeah. my background was youth work. And I started investigating the space of entrepreneurships and startups. And then I knew that I just, when I, the more I looked into it, the more I was like, this is how, like, young, creative, at-risk kind of people work, young people work, because that was who yeah. I'd worked with. And I was like, it's really out of the box. It's There's a lot of, like, creativity and freedom, and it's, like, all about taking risk and trying things that no one else is doing. Yeah. And a lot of kids who don't fit the um, schooling system are naturally wired like that and end up getting in a lot of trouble in the school system because... Because they don't fit. Yeah, because yeah. they're just out-of-the-box thinkers. So um, my passion from the beginning was let's apply entrepreneurship to those young people who are on the verge of getting kicked out of school because... They don't. They're not very good at sitting still and filling in a blank in a test. Yeah. Um, so that's where it all began, and then over time, realizing that it's just the way of the future, like the millennial, really, which is we want to work for ourselves. We want the freedom to travel the world. We we are very savvy online. We're not necessarily devoted to employees, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we're prepared to just go at our own and figure it out and. You know, there's a lot of, when you're young, just naturally, you're more likely to take risks yep. and 
um, yeah, fall on your face and not be ashamed by it. And we're not getting mortgages and yep. doing all those things. So there is more flexibility to take risks. Definitely. Um, which means that, you know, if you're in that space and you've got that freedom, you're more likely to give a business a crack. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. So that kind of that age group, is yeah. there a particular person when they come to you and you say, well, no, sorry, you're too old or is it? No, it, not at all. I've got, um, I've got a couple who are in their late 50s who own a jewellery shop yeah. um, in Sydney and they're just like, we want freedom. We don't want to be stuck in the nine to five of running this jewellery shop in, shop in a shopping centre. Uh, we want to go online. We want to travel and find um, local artists around the globe and, and represent their jewellery. Um, so yeah, I'm like helping that couple to go online and create a, an Instagram account. Yep. Um, and then I've got um, a couple of older ladies who are jewelry makers as well, and um, another lady who makes handmade soaps. And of course. Yeah, yep. just like cool stuff like that. <laughs> yep. Where it's just like, yeah, people just want to do what they love. Has it been surprising to you, like the amount of like non-traditional businesses, like that example, like? Obviously, yeah. people have to buy soap, like, yeah. but is there ones that come along you like, all right, how do we turn this into a business? Or, uh, that's probably the challenge and that's probably the interesting part. Yeah, as in like an idea that yeah. I'm like, oh, would this really work? Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good question. I honestly believe anything can work. Yeah. Like if obviously there's ideas, they've been done before. I think you need to have a point of difference. So finding people that, um, you know, if people come to me and go, this is what I'm doing and I'll challenge them and be like, well, what's different about this, this and this compared to whatever's in the marketplace already. Yeah. Um, so more so like finding that uniqueness to bringing something sure. to the marketplace. Um, I met a lady the other day. She's not a client, but she um, is a friend of a friend and she is writing a one woman musical that is a professional personal motivational development course as well so it's a mix between like a tony robbins workshop and a um, musical play (laughs) performance um and it's all about masks and dropping the masks and the audience gets engaged and things like that and um and i just heard it and she just spoke with such passion and you know like imagines herself in new york presenting it and you know all of those things i'm like wow like if, if you really believe in yourself enough and you're also able to take feedback and get the right guidance and sure. mentorship, then there's no reason you can't make it work. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so wait, wait to see that come out. Yeah, wait. stay tuned. <laughs> I think she'll do great. She's so enthusiastic yeah. and just really backing herself. So. Awesome. Yeah. So when did you start Startup Creative? Um, in 2014, I think it was. Yeah, so I was... Um, do you want the story? Do you want the backstory? Sure, give us, give us the background. <laughs> give it to you straight. Yeah. All right. So I was working in program development. My role was um, to help the Queensland government reform the youth sector across Queensland. So, so nice, simple task. Yeah, nice. nice. And easy. <laughs> I actually was so inspired. I was like, this is my dream job. People yeah. are, you know, I'm going to go and find the best of youth services across the globe and bring them to Queensland. And Queensland's going to be the best at so delivering youth services. Going one step back from yeah. that was that something you had studied like out of school or is it something you no, wanted to do um, my mentality of my career has been jump in and figure it out and just you know put your head put your hat in the ring and just you know 
keep knocking on the door. So yeah. my first job out of school was at an outdoor ed center okay. and um, running high ropes and things like that. And it was, I had no qualifications. I knew I wanted to work there. I'm a bit impatient, like I didn't want to go and do the course. Sure. So um, my mum helped me research a internship, like an apprenticeship um, program and found all of this funding that this um, this company could get if they took me on as an apprentice. Nice. So I went and knocked on the door and was like, look, my mum can set up this. She was doing it in her job with yeah. young people. Um, my mum, you know, I can do this apprenticeship if you take me on, you know, this is how it works and you'll get rebates and all that. And they're like, oh, we've kind of already got someone in a place like that. And I just kept knocking on the door. And then eventually they're like, okay. <laughs> you can have the job and um, when I eventually got the job I was there for a year they were like you were so persistent with that that we had to take you like yeah. we'll always admire didn't, didn't have a choice yeah. yeah so um I went from that to doing I did volunteer work for two years and I actually used to um, help set up youth groups for the Catholic Church okay. around this, um, Australia as well and then I that really formed me in program development like writing engaging sure. content and then I went from there to work in a high school um, and run like their, I guess, like the spiritual side of the school, which was like liturgies and camps and um, engaging. Like, and I worked closely with the counsellors to work with kids at risk okay. who were on the verge of being kicked out. And then from there to the Queensland government role. Awesome. Um, and I was just burnt out. I just was like came in with lots of enthusiasm and yeah. it wasn't being received and there was lots of red tape. How were you living on the coast working in Brisbane like where it was yeah I was living on the Gold Coast and commuting to Brisbane so it was literally like alarm went off at like 5.36 got up like without even thinking like just shocked to the alarm okay cool gotta go Um, get get dressed get a coffee (laughs) go to the train station park the car run to the train get on the train by like 7.15 and then the train would take an hour and a half and then I would try and walk from the train station to my office to get some exercise and breathing space in. Sure. Um, probably get another coffee as well. And then so it was probably about, you know, by the time you leave the, the house to getting to your your sign-in form at the office, it's like it was almost like two hours and, yeah, it was pretty And that's cool. obviously each way. So each it's four way. hours a day. Yeah, and commuting. just like that dread at the end of the day knowing what's ahead. Like there was days and if you don't time it right, you get peak hour train. Yep. And I was literally sitting on the floor, like, and I just had no shame. I was like, I don't care, like, I'm sitting on this dirty train floor. I just need to chill. My, the kicker with me, I was doing a similar thing. I'm yeah. living down here and transferring up and someone bought their own little stool and they put their stool on the train. I was like, they just know that they're not getting a seat. Oh. So they bring their own little campus stool and sit in the middle. It's horrible. And yeah. I remember one day, like, um, sitting across from someone and there was a delay in the train or something and um, so people started chatting because no one talks on the train which is even more retarded it's like we're all stuck in this tiny little thing and no one even is happy enough to start a conversation Um, and someone said something about I've been doing this for seven years and I was like this is disgusting like I did it for a year Mm. and it was so soul destroying and painful and it was just like by the end of it I'm like I need out So um, I actually had this, um, I was waking up with this reoccurring headache and I was, I just remember waking up and being so miserable. Like I would just be like, like, don't even look at me. Like I was so angry. 
And um, I eventually, my partner would be like, go to the doctor, go to the doctor. I'm like, no, there's something wrong. I'm just, whatever. Eventually I was like, okay, I'm going to the doctor. I'm sent to the doctor and I'm like, I wake up with a headache really bad every single morning and it's been going on for three months. And she was like, okay, you need to go straight to a brain scan. Like I've booked you for an MRI. I'm bulk billing it. You don't have to pay. Get there as soon as possible. So I called. I got in the next day. Um, like scary. Have you yeah. been to an MRI? Yeah. It's like you feel like you're dying. You're in a little coffin and like yeah, yeah loud and noises. Like, yeah. And it just the whole experience is really intense and you're kind of freaking out and you're like, what's going well, on? Well, especially if you don't know what's wrong. Like a lot of times, like I went to an MRI for my shoulder. Yeah. I knew my shoulder was like yeah. something's wrong. But where'd yeah. you go into that? You don't know what's wrong. Like, yeah. And I was just like, it. oh, it was yeah, it was bad. And then um. So I this is like I just went into panic mode. I was sure. like, why is she being so serious about this? It's a headache. And um, I guess in her mind, she was like, you shouldn't be waking up with headaches. So yeah. maybe there's a, something wrong. Um, so I waited 24 hours for the scan results. And she was like, come straight back to me when they're in. And oh, I'll call you and come in or whatever. Um, so in that 24 hours, I was like, wow, like if something is seriously wrong here, like what would I do differently? Like what have I not done in life that I should like do in the next three yeah. months if I'm dying. And what age, well, how old are you at this stage? I think I was 24. Okay. I think, yeah. yeah 2014, I'm 29 now. So um, the results came back. She sat me down and she was like, you're totally fine. There's nothing wrong with your brain. I think you're just really stressed. Like, what's your quality of life like? And I'm like, pretty shit. Yeah. So that was when I was like, okay, well, here's your list that you wrote if you're dying. Like, what's stopping you from doing it now? And um, about the same time, I picked up a book called Think and Grow Rich, which had the line, whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. And having been like a a runner back in the day, like I used to compete in athletics and things like that. And um, I just had like, it just kind of clicked this mindset of like, Kayleen, you used to be like a high achiever. You used to go after whatever you wanted to do and nothing could stop you. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're settling for something that's not serving you. Um, And it just sparked me into this, like, stop being a victim. Like, no one's coming to save you. Your boss isn't going to, you know, do anything. You know, no one's going to make your life better. Like, you have to be the one that changes it. And it was a matter of, like, it actually is quite daunting because you feel like, oh shit, like this is, I have to do some hard work here. Well, I think when you, that realization where you're like, ah, oh, damn it, I've seen, yeah. the, I've seen the other side of it. Yeah. For a lot of people, they just never see the other, or, yeah. so they just neglect that other side. So yeah. it's like, well, as soon as I get shown the light, now I have to do something yeah. about it. And it's like, you actually, it's easier being a victim because you feel like it's not your fault. It's or you not just your don't fault know any better. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, like this is just life. It's shit. But, you know, maybe one day it'll change. I'll get a lucky break or, yeah. you know, and it's like that's not how life works. The people who do well in life and have success and are doing what they love are the ones who actually go, all right, this, I'm not okay with this existence. Yeah. I'm going to do something about it. What was yeah. the top of the list on your if I die, if I don't die today, what will <laughs> I do differently? What was number one? Um, it was probably something like get my nails done more often. <laughs> just like have free time. Like, yeah. I remember at the time it was really, I just had no self-care. Like I ne- I, there was no time in my day to yep. go and get my nails done or get a facial or like just look after myself, exercise, eat. I wasn't eating well. Yep. Um, yeah, just like that real, there was no spare time. And was there something holding you there? Like was it the financial side? Was, was your paycheck 
yeah. like kind of like, oh, well, if I leave, then I'm not going to lose my good paying job or? Yeah, absolutely. So my, um, my, both my parents are on salaries. So it's like that, that's what I grew up knowing is that, you know, when you're on a salary and you get paid leave and you get holiday day, sick leave and then you're killing it, you know, yeah. like you've nailed it. And when I started, like I didn't, I didn't have a degree. So when I started as a youth worker in a, in a high school, they put me on $50,000 and it was like from someone who had no debt, nothing, it was just like, I was a millionaire. Like yeah. I felt so rich. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, then my next job, I think they bumped me up to like $60,000. And then, so when I was writing, I wrote a dream list of the next job that I wanted when I was done with my second job and I was getting the government job. And on my dream list, I wrote a $15,000 pay rise. And um, so when I got the job, it was a $75,000 income. Yep. So I'm like, I am killing it. Like so it's 75 yeah. grand at 24 years old. Yeah. No, no degree. Yeah. No been, degree. Really laughing. Just hustling my way through yep. and um, yeah, figuring it out. And so in my mind, I was like, I'm on 75K. I've got 10 days sick leave. I'd negotiated to work four days a week. Um, so one day a week was at home where I started building my business. Nice. Um, I had four weeks paid holiday leave that I could take my family away at the time. And um, yeah, like, and it was actually my partner who was like, that's not freedom. Like that's you, you're not doing anything amazing. Like you're actually stuck in the rat race. I was like, whatever, you're the one working in a coffee shop. Like <laughs> I'm killing it. Yeah. And um, that's, that's what inspired me to pick up the book. Yeah. Um, and but once I started seeing, I really did go into that mindset. It's funny now looking at that $15,000 pay rise over a year. It's like if I apply myself enough, I can make that in two weeks. Yeah. You know, like it's that's when you run your own business, there is no cap to your income. Yeah. Like you can pull in $75,000. And I did like in my first um in my first 12 months in Startup Creative, I turned over $100,000 and I was like, holy shit, like, <laughs> this is real, you know? Yeah. And um, just by, you know, putting, there's no, no one restricting you and you can put in as many hours and you can put whatever price you want yeah. on your products and services. And I think that, that bit about working whatever hours you want, that's always, that's always been an interesting one for me because mm. People think, oh, you run your own business, yeah. mainly people that are employed. Yeah. You run your own business. Oh, that's awesome. You must like spend your day at the beach and like, you know, wouldn't have to work ever. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. And for me, it's kind of that opposite because I was like, well, I love what I do. Yeah. I'm super intrigued and like want to do it all the time that yeah. I want to work extra hours. Yeah. Whereas I found I was working a part-time job when I first got out of uni yeah. and they're paying me an hourly rate. Yeah. I was like, well, cool. I'll just work more hours. I get paid more. Yeah. And the boss came to me and said, no, no, you have to go home because we can't afford to pay you wow, more than yeah. what what we budgeted, budgeted for. Yeah. And I was like, well, that sucks. Like, I want to I want to earn more yeah. money. So then now, like, as you said, run your own business. You can work those hours you want. Yeah. And earn, earn what yeah. you want. It's uncapped. And it, you get rewarded for how hard you're prepared to work. Yeah. And um, I definitely, like, when I first started Startup Creative, like, I was sitting on Burley Hill with my laptop under like hotspotting my internet under a tree because you know and, and i'd like instagram the beach and be like my office for the day but i couldn't afford an office space. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like i'm gonna be on the beach yeah so but i from the very beginning and i was lucky that my partner at the time was very big on work-life balance yep. so as much as we worked because my partner was working building her own business as well 
So we really challenged each other to build and build and build. And like Sunday nights were, you know, on the computers or like Saturday morning coffee, we'd be talking about our next business move. So it was very like incubated our businesses over five years together. So, um, yeah, but she also kept me accountable to work-life balance. So when we had success in our businesses and we were getting those paychecks in, we would take ourselves on five-star holidays or just like away for the weekend. Like we did lots of staycations. Like let's just go and get a beautiful villa in Bali in um, Byron for the weekend so that we leave our laptops at home and actually don't work. Um, So, yeah, you also have the freedom to do that or like midweek. You know, I remember one time we went up to Tambourine Mountain just in the middle of the week because we could and we needed that de-stress time. Definitely. Where do you see that and the work-life balance? Because I know that's a, it's a big topic, especially with entrepreneurs yeah. and business owners. And then obviously another lay on to that is the relationship side. Yeah. When you have that conflict of maybe one person being employed yeah. and the other person employ- employee or yeah. self-employed. So it's yeah. that challenge. I mean, um, work-life balance, I think, is I've now realized that it's about tuning into like um, what feels right for you. So if you're in a place where you're like, I'm ready to hustle, like we were just talking about, like I've never felt so clear and inspired in my whole life than I do in this exact moment. Like yeah. I'm just like, right, what else can I chew off? Like give me a business, anyone, I'll, like I want to build it. Yeah. Like So I feel really driven. But then like, you know, I also went through a really heavy breakup over um, the last 12 months and there was days where I just needed to be in bed and cry yeah. and like fuck Instagram off, yeah, you know, and sure. things like that. So... Um, I think work-life balance is more about doing what is right for you at the moment. And I've also come to learn that, you know, there's times where you just need to call in a really strong discipline that is saying, like, get the job done. Like, um, my magazine's about to go to print and these last little bits and pieces is about, like, do not stop now. You need to get this over the line. Um, And then, but also, like... Um, having time out, you know, and, and enjoying, you know, making sure I'm looking after myself so I don't burn out. Definitely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think work-life balance is if you're feeling it, then do it. If you feel like you need to rest, then definitely rest, and that's freedom for me. Yeah. And then in terms of relationships, I mean, I was really lucky that my ex and I both started our businesses um, at the same time, and my business got some big chunks of money in early. Yeah. Um, because that's how it was structured and hers was a bit of a slower build. So, you know, I loved her so much that I was like, just quit all the side hustles and just do this and we'll make it work and, you know, my business will bring in So it really cash. was an incubator. You were yeah. <laughs> you were funding and working yeah. together. Yeah, well, I mean, like she had this amazing skill set and, you know, I could see how we could build her as a public figure and as a result I coached her and built her profile yeah. and then the results and the success that I had from coaching her and putting it all in place meant that I validated my ability to be a business coach and backed myself as a business coach so we really did like came to come it's a win, win-win for everyone. yeah yeah um but yeah I think like now on my criteria for my next partner is like entrepreneur yeah <laughs> or at least the ability to work for themselves yeah. um because i think that they're really driven people entrepreneurs are very driven Definitely. um but also that they have the freedom like i've worked hard for freedom i've worked hard for being able to go overseas for weeks at a time or you know take a weekday off and be on the beach or whatever like yeah. so i want someone to enjoy that with um in terms of 
if someone is an employee, I think maybe, um, I mean, like, if, I, I also, like, I do believe if people are happy and they're loving what they're doing and they're thriving, then 100% support you. You know, like, yeah. my sister is a nurse and she works for the government and she is so passionate about what she does. So, and, and she does she has no desire to work for herself. And I'm like, you're doing what you love. So that's yeah. all that really Why matters. Change? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would say like get your partner to do what she loves yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, do what they love. Um, as long as they're doing what they love. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. they're not doing Everyone's what they happy. love, then challenging them and knowing that, you know, life is, um, to be lived. Like it's not meant to be suffered through and just put up with. And that's why I started because I couldn't comprehend that we hustled and were miserable for five days of the week yep. just to enjoy two working weekends. And then sometimes be too exhausted and too tired yeah. to even enjoy that. And even like, okay, so Friday afternoon, everyone's like, fuck yeah, it's Friday. And then they go into this like, um, you know, go and get drunk. And then maybe you're hungover on Saturday morning and then you're kind of coming out of your hangover Saturday. And then, but I remember like Sunday lunchtime having like the Sunday blues, we used yep. to call it. Because you just get to this point where you're like, oh shit my weekend's over what have i got on this week and you go into this kind of anxiety dreading yeah. your week so you know between a hangover and anxiety for the future you can slowly start to see where that, those, those headaches started to come from yeah 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 so um yeah i just think it baffles me and i think yeah. it's actual stupidity that people live like that and i'm like there's more to life and what do you like what do you think that is do you think that that's just the way it's been. So, so many people just accept that's that's it. Like, it's just, you wake up nine to five, Monday to Friday, yeah. have your Saturday, Sunday off, and then back to it. Like, do you, I, is I it just, just ingrained in us or what? I think it's social conditioning. Yeah. I think it's all we've ever been told. And if, you know, like, my dad only recently just found out how much I earn an hour as a business coach, like, you know, about three months ago. And he was like, oh, you're doing all right, hey? I'm like, yeah, Dad. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Thanks. But I don't think before then he was like, didn't really know what I was doing. And I think um, they, um, it's just conditioning. Like we've been told from like the schooling system is primed for an, to build a nine to fiver. Yeah. Like you don't go to school and go, what do you love? What's your passion? Let's focus on that. And what is your, your young, excited untarnished mind have to bring to the world it's yeah. like hey here's what kids have been taught for the last hundred years we're going to pass that down and teach you the exact same thing then you're going to memorize it then we're going to put you in a pressure cooker room with all of your other peers and you're going to remember the blanks and fill them in and then if you remember in this intense environment we're going to give you a grade and then you're going to compare that to all of your other peers yeah. and probably decide how valuable you are to the world based on that no matter what's going on in your little adolescent mind. Yeah. You know, this starts from like grade one all the way for 12 years we're mm -hmm. conditioned. And then, you know, my experience was all the way through grade 12 or grade 11, really, it starts, well, what are you going to do? What degree yeah. are you going to do? What university are you going to go? What OP do you need? Like, it's all this grading. Yeah. So you're grade 11 and 12, you're, you're, you're being funneled into the next schooling system. Yeah which is a university degree, which, you know, I totally, you know, believe that they're valuable for people like doctors and yeah. who have those trades. Um, but they're also, you know, ex like um, funneled to limit people's beliefs and um, creativity and Definitely. passions. And, 
yeah so we get funneled into that system and then once you graduate like I met a girl in the states who graduated um, she's already done an undergrad of dentistry and then she's about to do like um, orthodontics and by the time she finishes she will be 27 and have like America obviously their system's a little bit different yeah. but she's gonna have over a hundred thousand dollars of debt from her degree and, it's and that's, like, that's probably considered a small debt in, yeah. in, in, in the scheme of things over there. Totally. And then it's like, you know what? When I was 27, that's when I was figuring out what my true passion was. Yeah. Like I was really starting to come into my own and listen to myself and all of that. So it's like you're not even going to have the chance to do that because there's going to be so much pressure on you to go and be an orthodontist now just to pay off the debt. That's just that and alone. Yeah. So where in, where in her whole life does she ever go... Who am I? What do I love to do? Who do I want to be? Like she started an orthodontics at age seventeen. Yeah, it's like you don't know who you are yeah. when you're there. So, and it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I just think it's conditioning, and yeah. um, and that's why startup creative does what it does because it's like, hey, there's another way here. It's been done. I've done it. Other people are doing it. Yeah. Um, if you want it bad enough, you can have it. I guess it's challenging those those norms, challenging that yeah. stereotypical career path. Yeah, absolutely. Even a friend said to me the other day, who's like quite a forward thinker, said, um, "Oh, she's going to go and she was talking about a, a, a girl, a young girl that she knew, and she was like, she's going to go and do this when she finishes school, going to go to this university." And I was like, "But what is that her passion? Is that what she wants to do?" And she's like, "It doesn't matter. She came from. She's come from a very who was she talking about? Like a a younger a girl okay. who's in grade eleven yeah. that we both knew." She's like, it doesn't matter as long as she's in, um, she's come from a family of, of yeah. high-end money, this is the kind that she's been at this really expensive school, she's going to get these grades and go here. Yeah. And I was like, and I was a few I'm like, oh my God, this is how people think. Yeah. So, yeah. And you see where that stress and that anxiety probably starts off at, like, especially at a younger age, where it's like, okay, well, I need to get these grades. I need yeah. to impress mum and dad. I need to impress these people. Yeah. And if I don't, I'm a failure. Like, yeah. And it's, it's like, I can't even be bothered going into it, but it's very much stemmed in like all of those generational, you know, obviously mm-hmm. the generations before us had to endure war yeah. and they went through, um, you know, famine, like all of those going without. And sure. then they had the opportunity, like women had the opportunity to enter the work, workforce. So, you know, that was a luxury and um, go to university and learn and, yeah. you know, so I totally acknowledge that people have come a really long way in, you know, having to endure all the different things that life has thrown at us and now I'm about going, well, this is the next generation and this is what's possible for them. So yeah. let's actually not just pass on what we had to do or what was a luxury for us and let them choose. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty inspiring. <laughs> that that light bulb moment when you sit with someone, mm-hmm. maybe someone that is a bit more of the traditional yeah. path, and when you can break through to them, say, "Look, mm. you could do this for yourself, or you could do this differently." Yeah, is there that light bulb that goes off? Is that what you look for? Is that that what excites you when you're working with someone? Yeah, I think um, I get a lot of people who've mainly just had that light bulb yeah. and went, "Whoa, what am I doing? Like, I'm ready. I've got this idea." I, I guarantee probably 95% of the world has an idea for a business. Like we all, everyone's kind of got this little side hustle idea that they want to follow. Yeah. Um, it's the people who go to that point where they're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to investigate what the potential of this is. So I get a lot of people who've already had that light okay. bulb. 
I recently had an amazing girl who was um, she's doing a job for a company and was really unhappy with the conditions that she was working in, and she um, said, "Oh, look, I'm thinking about starting to like consult this on the side and." Um, and plus she'd kind of built a platform and she wanted to, you know, monetize the platform, the reach and the following that yeah. she'd created and then add a consulting fees. And, um, I was like, cool. And she was like, oh, I think, um, I think my plan is I'm going to give it a year, finish in this job and learn what I need to learn and then do it. And, and, um, when I looked at her expertise, her reach, the, you know, the audience she had, the, her possibilities, it was just so clear to me that there were, she didn't need to wait a year. I'm like, yeah. it's right here, right now. Like, you can do this. It's been done. I've done it. You know, like, I can see it for yeah. you. And um, she was like, really? And then um, about that was probably about a month ago, and she just emailed me the other day saying um, the conditions in her workplace just got worse, <laughs> and she's out. She's like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm leaving it. And after our conversation, she had a couple of emails come through of people who wanted to pay for a consulting fee without even um, advertising it. So that kind of validated it. And then the thing happened at work and then she just had enough and went, I'm I'm out. So we're catching up in a couple of weeks and going to set it all up and just make it happen. So I think when people get that, when you give them the hope and you go, hey, here's like a little, you know, peek at what's possible. Yeah then that really ignites a fire in people and things happen way quicker than they yeah. expect. Yeah. I think I heard, I heard it was a saying or someone once told me, they said, if only I could show you what mm. it look, would look like yeah. in five years time. Yeah. So like, here's a photo of you yeah. doing everything you want to do, achieving everything. Yeah. And so all you need to do to get there is this, 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 this. Yeah. Whereas we tell them, people, like, all you need to do to get there is do this, but they can't see that photo. Yeah. They can't see that. Yeah. what it could look like yeah. so I said only there's a way of showing someone yeah. say, this is what your future could look like yeah. if you do this well that's what meditation is like I really delved into the world of meditation and manifesting and like visualization of your future yeah. so it's like that's um, you know a lot of personal development teaches that which is make a vision board and like feel it in your body and the first thing you need to do is step out and go okay it's possible for me to create a life that I don't currently have yeah. If you can do that first, then you can go, okay, if, if I believe that's possible, then you step back from your current existence and you go, all right, if I could do this differently, what would I do? And then you start to imagine and you look at other people's lives or you read magazines or you listen to podcasts or you watch a movie and you go, well, I want that house or I want that car or I would love to be on the beach on a yeah. Wednesday and you dream. And then this is the beautiful part of being human is that we have an imagination and we can visualize something that doesn't yet exist. And now what they're proving with science and neuro um, pathways is that when you start to feel it in your body that something else is possible, you start to attract it into your existence. So that's how you visualize your future that you don't have. And it works, guys. (laughs) Try it out. Yeah. Yeah. Try it out. Awesome. Oh. So where your where are your clients based at the moment? Like where are they? Around the world. Around the world. Yeah, I have New York, I have LA, yeah. I have Tokyo, I have Indonesia, London, Australia, um, where else? A Singapore lady. Um, yeah. And when you started, was did Dubai. you ever envision that that you'd have clients? 
all around the world or no. did you think it'd be Gold Coast based? Like, Gold Coast. I was like Gold Coast and then yeah, I remember being like, oh, maybe I'll go to Sydney one day and run yeah. a workshop there. And um, it was when we started the magazine that an order I remember came through for Germany or something like that. Of course. Online. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, someone in Germany is buying my magazine. Like, yeah. what the hell? Like, what a cool world. And then people around the globe reach out through social media and, um, yeah, say hi. And you're just like, wow, like, this is incredible. Yeah. yeah. So 100% location independent business, yep. like we are talking before you. Yeah, yeah. Currently living out of a backpack, out yeah. of a suitcase, <laughs> yeah. Sydney, Gold Coast. Yeah, I literally am living out of a suitcase. And as long as I have my laptop, I can make money. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Or my phone even if I just do Skype sessions with Instagram and emails. Yeah. Yeah. And was that was that something you've set up intentionally to say, right, this is a goal, I want to be location independent? Like, was that an yeah, aim for you? Um, not, not necessarily that. Like, I, when I started my business, I was in a pretty serious relationship and my partner had a child. So, um, we were always pretty stable yep. in terms of, like, creating a home and things like that. My vision always was um, to be able to like work the hours that I wanted so to go away on holidays when I wanted to take Mondays off to take Fridays off to you know work half days like it was more about the flexibility of the hours that I wanted to work and um yeah not having to get up and be in an office was probably my biggest drive and then even like you know to be honest I've only really come to terms with the fact that my business is capable of going anywhere in the world um, about six months ago when I went to New York and I was like, can I really do this? Like, is this really possible? <laughs> and I went to New York and I ended up staying for three months and generated like that generated business. But it also like there was people who didn't really like it as well. Like yeah. I had um, coaching clients and followers and who were just like, well, you seem like you're in New York and I don't want to like, like it's, you seem busy, like kind of vibe. And okay. I was just like, it was interesting to get a bit of that feedback of, um, I felt like it was a little bit of a tall poppy syndrome. I was like, oh, you've forgotten about us. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, no, like I worked crazy hours when I was in New York because I was dealing with time zones. So did you have still have your kind of your set schedule? So you'd be like, oh, I'm going to work like yeah. these hours in the morning while it's back here in Australia. Like, oh. Yeah, it was, um, it was insane because I was managing a business like obviously my business partner who helps me with the magazine and my assistant are on they were in australia so they were on like east coast time and then um but then i was trying to grow and establish a presence in the state so i needed to be on their timing as well (laughs) so i would wake up about eight in the morning and i would meditate and have a coffee and sometimes exercise or just have a like a sauna yeah and then close um, enough they're still sweating it (laughs) (laughs) and then um so i'd probably sit down to work from about like 9 10 and i'd do like emails would come through from australia being awake while i was asleep so i'd reply to all of those emails and australia was still asleep and then I might go out and either explore New York um, or set up, I was setting up meetings or like doing photo shoots and videoing and like, yeah, um, networking. And um, so I'd like just do a bit of business and then Australia would wake up around two in the afternoon. So uh, in the 
they would so then I would start getting replies to emails that I'd sent that morning so my yeah. inbox would blow up again so I would try and reply to all those inboxes or the, if it was people online that I needed answers from and things like that I'd have to like you know make sure it was available um, and then I would like have a social life <laughs> so nice. oh no and actually then I would coach so then I'd do all my coaching sessions yeah. um, up until about nine ten o'clock at night um, and then I would go out and have dinner and party <laughs> and get home at like 2 a.m. and yep. do it all again. Awesome. That was like my life for three months. Yep. An awesome experience being over there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's next level. It's creative. It's abundant as people just want to help. They yep. want to collaborate. Um, everyone's killing it. Like the people I met were just like... In Australia, it's like, cool, you know, you've, you've kind of ticked over a certain amount of followers on Instagram and I could run a workshop anywhere in Australia right now and have people turn up. And, yeah. you know, I the last time I did a, a big networking event, we sold out at like 250 people, you know, like so really established a presence of sure. people taking us seriously. Um, and then to go overseas and be like, okay, cool, like, I actually felt really small. Start, and, had to yeah, start again almost. Yeah. Like. yeah um, but people t- took us seriously, but it was like what I thought was kind of, you know, a bit of like, oh, we've got this many followers on Instagram, we're on a magazine, like, you know, kind of established here in Australia, starting yeah. to be a bit of a, like a voice um, to go over there and to meet people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm making a documentary um, for um, about building cabins in the woods that a whiskey company is paying for and it's, it's going to be on... The Lifestyle Channel. <laughs> and then, Damn it. There's people like that. It's like, oh, yeah, I was the costume designer for Beyonce's Lemonade tour. Just shit like that. And I'm like, fuck, I need to up my game. But the beautiful thing was that all of those people were like, what, you run a magazine? Amazing. You should talk to this person or you yeah. should put a channel. Or, you know, so it was never like, That's oh, cool. I'm better than you. It was like, a, amazing. Here's what I do. What do you do? How can we work together? Yeah. This is great. And um Love what you're doing and welcome to America. Yeah. yeah. And where you were staying, like obviously following you on Instagram, the yeah. cowboy, was cowboy, urban, urban cowboy, urban yeah. cowboy. Was that like just a random backpackers or is that like a place where no, people hang um, out? It's run by this young guy. He was a, he's a real estate agent in New York, um, did really well, bought his dream house in Brooklyn and renovated it. And he was at a creative, um, he was at some creative like, retreat with all these other creative people he knew and they kind of challenged him and said well what are you going to do next um with your career yeah and he said oh well maybe i'll make my house a bnp so him and his um partner renovated this beautiful home there's three bedrooms upstairs and a cabin out in the back in the middle of brooklyn with a hot tub and a sauna and, and um they hired a manager and they just people come and go. It's a legit B&B yeah. run by these cool creative people who are really well networked in the city. Um, and it's just like the go-to hub. Like you have to send an email to get a, a room there yeah. and put your Instagram handle on. Like you know, like it, and then a bit they, of validation. Yeah, they, yeah, and then they decide whether you're the right fit for the house or not. And um, yeah, it's uh, a lot like that. It, a lot of creative people who were coming to New York and don't want to stay in Manhattan or sure. um, in a traditional like a hotel yeah. come and stay there. And so it was like a little incubator as well. That's awesome. I met lots of cool people. 
And you stayed there for the whole three months? Um, no, so I was traveling with friends for a month. I was meant to only be there for two weeks. I ended up staying for a month. My friends were like, no, stay, come longer. I think I went earlier and then I stayed for a month. And then all my friends were flying out and I was like, no, nah, I'm not leaving. Like, I, I want to stay here. And I, um, I was in between houses in Australia, so yeah. I, hadn't, I didn't have a rent to go home to, which was good. So... Um, I came to Australia, uh, to, I stayed in New York and hit the um, Urban Cowboy up and said, can I stay for a month? And they were like, yep. And it turned into about seven weeks and then I went to LA for two weeks. Nice. Um, so it was insane in that time. I just put my head down. I was like, all right, what can I do here? And it, what was the setup there? Was it like a room and then like downstairs be like a co-working space? or No, it, it was. Just, it's a house. Like it was yeah, like a right. lot of people were coming just for a couple of nights yeah. and to explore New York or like one lady came because she got nominated for the Grammys and so it's just classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, another guy was distributing his new juice company around New York. So he was, he was there yeah. to do that. But um, a, so it was upstairs was the room. So literally my routine was like, and Kaz, the girl who ran it, was the manager. She'd make my coffee every morning. It was like the best way to like do work well is I um had a um, room upstairs, she would come down, she'd give me my coffee in the morning and do my, my exercise or whatever, sit at the table and just work on my laptop. Um, yeah, it was, and then people would be in and out all day. By the end awesome. of the day, you know, the guests who were staying at that house, staying that weekend were like, you know, planning their night out or whatever and, you know. We'd all make plans or have a dinner party or, yeah. Sounds like a pretty cool way to see New York. Yeah, it was epic. There yeah. was lots of locals. Awesome. <laughs> Highly recommend that place. Definitely. Have to check it out. Yeah, do it. So, changing topics a little bit, but staying along the lines of businesses and mm-hmm. startups. What's your relationship with money? Um, it was pretty shit. <laughs> when my family, I think I grew up with not much money coming in. Um, and a lot of stress and anxiety about the flow of money in and out. And I think um, as a result, I felt like a real lack mentality of like, you know, clinging to it. No education around managing it. And um, yeah, then I threw myself into the, when I started my business, threw myself into like getting comfortable with asking for money, like just sending invoices or putting your prices up. Um, And then also knowing that I could attract abundance of it into my life and um, yeah, I, I actually, my, my most inspiring way to learn around that money or like is, is mindset stuff now, just believing that, you know, it comes in abundance when you believe in it and yeah. you provide opportunities for it too. Um, and a really good book that I read was called Overcoming Underowning. And it took me through all these worksheets of like all the belief systems that I had around money, which yeah. was like, it doesn't grow on trees. And what do you think <laughs> we're made of money? Yeah. And, so, um, yeah, just like, and I'm continuing that journey, continuing the shift of um, lack mentality to abundance. Yeah. And again, do you think it's that traditional mindset of, all right, you get the job, like we talked before, get the job, yeah. you earn the salary and that's it? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. just kind of ingrained in us. And then if you don't buy a house, you're not successful. And yeah. then, like, what do you, what do you think of that? 
Yeah, I think like, you know, I've got friends who are millionaires and I've got friends who are running million, multi-million dollar businesses. And um, the difference between that, those people and, you know, even me at, at times in my life and people um, who I know are in salaries, jobs, is they believe that they can have lots of money. Like there's lots to go around and they're just comfortable with large sums of money. It's like the more comfortable you are with that chunks of money the more like you you're capable of you know spending it or um you know earning it and all of that so um the people i think that are doing really well with money in the world are like are really abundant with it um other other ones that go yeah of course i can of course i can earn shitloads of money you yeah. know like they just have that mindset of it um and also they're good at managing it and um, in reinvesting it yep. and things like that as well. So. Do you think it's still a, it might be different in your in your space, but yep. it's, do you think it's still a measure of success, the money side of things? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of taboo around money and um, there's a lot of um, negativity around you know, I think in Australia we we do do a bit of tall poppy syndrome when people earn a lot of money yep. and oh they're so rich or whatever, and they have nice things, um, which I think just comes out of a lack mentality. But I think we do very much grasp like no one teaches money management, no one teaches money relation like emotions. Yeah. So we're very graspy and we're very like oh like I don't I can't afford it you know like all of that kind of language. Um, but in terms of success, I think, yeah, I, I don't think it means you're happy. I think that it means um, you've mastered the art of, you know, it's just a code. You know, making money is a code. It's a formula. And, you know, holding on to money, I think, is also another big formula that people need to master. That's, that's the challenging part, I think, yeah. <laughs> trying to hold on to it yeah, once you've got it. Yeah, need to explode it out. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, my relationship to abundance of money has be- has more so shifted into um, it is that money can provide ease and freedom and um, it makes you more of what you already are. So yep. it, if you're a dickhead and you have lots of money, then you're going to be, you know, you have more money to fund being a dickhead. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's like, a really good point. Yeah. Like, whereas if yeah. you're a generous person and you're really, um, yeah, then you're going to, money make, makes you more generous, gives you the ability to be more generous. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not scared of the taboo around it anymore. Or like, you know, if people, I really notice the lack like just language around money in the world yeah like you know one of the biggest shifts for me was going how instead of going like um i can't afford it to how can i afford this you know and figuring out like cool well you know i i run a business so i can offer these services and ask people to come buy from me or something yeah yeah and did that come from knowing what you wanted like did that come from saying all right this is the lifestyle i want this is what i want to achieve yeah now what do i need to do to achieve it yeah, yep, 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 definitely. So um, I guess like yeah, knowing that I've always wanted abundance of money in my life. Like I've never really had this um, belief that I had to be poor or anything like that. Like I've always been like, no, like I'm going to I'm gonna own a Range Rover one day, you know, yeah. like all of those things. So um, Have you achieved that? Not yet. Not yet. Stay tuned. <laughs> well, I was, I was like, I'm going to get the Range Rover and now I'm like, I just want to be in New York where... I wouldn't. You don't need a car. <laughs> I would not want a Range Rover. Yeah. Um, 
but um, the question was, what was the question? <laughs> um, what did we say? I think we lost it. Yeah. You're oh, knowing what you wanted, so you're saying, oh, this, yeah. this is the lifestyle yeah. I want. This is what I want to achieve. Yeah. Right, now, how do I? Yeah, how do I absolutely. Get? Setting your intentions and being like, cool, what, yeah, what do you, what is freedom or happiness or yeah. abundance look like for you? For you, it might be one person, it might be one holiday a year. For me, it's living overseas indefinitely and not having, you know, being able to explore and travel yeah. and, you know, not have to worry about, you know, hustling or whatever, mm. like passive income, you know. Yeah. So everyone's different, but setting that intention of what you want is the first step to getting it. Definitely. Yeah. How much of your job at the moment or with your clients is getting into that point to say, right, what is it are you actually trying to achieve? Yeah. Like that goal setting. Because I know for me, that's that's a huge part. Yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah, a absolutely. Time? Oh, yeah. I think most people, like I had a client yesterday and um, she was like, I want to do this, but I've got this name and I don't really like the name of my business anymore, but I want to be more, doing more of this. And like how she spoke to me was chaotic. Yeah. Like it was like all over the place. And I was like, right, you just need to bring your focus in and have one laser focus of exactly what it is that you want. Yeah. And then once you've got that focus, then you can actually start to take the, the steps. So it's like, you know, if you go, I want to go on a holiday, I'd be like, cool, where do you want to go? And you're like, I don't know. It's like, cool, you guess what? You're never going on that holiday. But if you came to me and said, I want to go to Bali, I'd be like, cool, what time of year do you want to go? When when can you fly? Who do you want to fly with? What seats do you want on the plane? Where are you going to stay? What are you going to do when you get there? It's like all of a sudden there's a list yeah. that's going to help you get your holiday in Bali. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. All right, so to round things out, some advice, some quick advice in terms of young people turning an idea into a business. Cool. Um, validate it. So making sure that it's something people want to pay for, I yep. think is always the first step um, because, you know, sometimes you have a nice idea and um, it's just a nice idea or it's like it's maybe a hobby or a side project. Um, but if you can figure out that people will pay for it, then it's it can be a business. Um, the next step is to get people paying for it and then getting their feedback and making sure it's something that they would continue to pay for or that they would tell other people to pay for. Yeah. Um, and then um, just work, doing the hard work. So once you've validated that it's actually a viable business and that there's a profit margin that people are going to pay, they're willing to pay, they want to buy it from you, they can get it, you know, they would prefer to buy it from you, um, then do the work. So, you know, create a, um, a way for people to come by, whether it's a website or a market stall or a service offering on social media, um, and then market yourself, get out and get in front of your target market, um, and then keep learning along the way. Keep getting feedback and, you know, don't be afraid to keep zooming out and looking at the business and working on it and not always in it. Yep. So you'll deliver your service or your product and that's in the business. And to work on it is like, okay, Am I getting enough customers? Is my margin high enough? You know, what overheads have I got coming in? You know, all those things. Awesome. And for people that are scared to start, so they've got the business idea, they yeah. know what they want to do, and they're just sitting there and they're just scared for whatever reason. What's yeah. your advice there? Um, just start. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's, it's not about um, the actual business. I think it's the business is a vehicle and a tool that I believe will create freedom. So if you believe in a life better than what you, you or different to what you're currently existing, so um, then and a business is a tool to help you create that life. 
So, you know, let's just go the typical person is probably in a nine to five or in a job that they don't like or they hate going to work or they're not earning enough money or, you know, they're feeling a bit stuck and over it here. Maybe they don't have a job and they've got an idea. And so the the idea is going to help them go from what they don't like to creating the life of their dreams, which is working for themselves, having uncapped income, um, travel, ability to live and travel anywhere in the world, only working with people that you love and doing what you love. Um, That's what a business can create for you. So focus on exactly what we're talking about before, the end goal. So keeping the end in mind of like, all right, if this is not just about a website or a social media strategy or it's actually about not having to go to work on Monday and, you know, being able to triple your income in three months or whatever, you know. Yeah. And if you hold those emotions and those drives in your mind and your body, then that will drive you beyond, you know, anything else. Yeah. So just fucking do it. Yeah. (laughs) Just get in and stop being a pussy. (laughs) Awesome. So what's next for Kaylee Langford and Startup Creative? What's next? Oh, so much. Um, we're wrapped to the relaunch of magazine. So, so it was a... Number five. Number five. Yeah. Issue one to four was a 40-page print magazine free. Just dropped it around Australia, really, and shipped it internationally to whoever ordered it. To Germany. Um, yeah, to Germany. <laughs> um, and issue five is going to be 120 pages. It's going to be 14.95 in newsagents, um, stockists around Australia, New Zealand. Awesome. Um, and hopefully in America as well. And um, yeah, we're going to aim to do three of those this year. And then um, we've just launched a podcast. We are working on a reality TV show at the moment, which is pretty exciting. Is that all um, very hush-hush at the moment? Yeah, it's all a bit top secret, that one. But so wait and see. Yeah, we'll have to stay tuned. Yeah. Um, yeah, but also I've got a few little, like, um, now that I feel like, you know, Startup Creative's got a, a vision of where it needs to go and we've created an epic team around us to help make that happen, it feels like my en- I've got more energy to um, create some other little fun stuff so i'm working on a product range as at the moment as well and awesome so where can people where can people find you what's the best place to get in contact um instagram is probably the easiest so it's at startup creative and then the link in our bio will normally take you to our podcast which is startup creative on itunes and spotify and then our website which we're relaunching a new website next week and that is um, startupcreative.com.au, and that's got blogs, podcasts, ebooks, down free downloads, yeah, lots of free advice um, to help you start your business. Excellent. Pleasure. And anything you want to leave? Anything? Anything you want to leave audience with? Um, just get out there and do it. Like literally, life is too short to not be doing what you love, and you live in a day and an age right here, right now. That means that that is completely supportive and has already been proven that if you are willing to do the hard work you can turn your idea your passion into a viable business and sell around the globe like overnight through paypal through instagram so um stop making excuses if you want it go and get it excellent how did here first (laughs) thanks for having me no problem (laughs) 